Welcome to Hillside Baptist Church Podcast. We are a church that is committed to preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it is our privilege to open God's word with you. It is our prayer that you receive the message from the man of God with an open heart. That through God's word, you are encouraged and equipped to face life's challenges. But most importantly, it is our prayer that you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior if you haven't already. If you'd like to connect with us, you can do so at hillsidebc.com, find us on Facebook, or send us an email at info at hillsidebc.com. We hope that you benefit from today's message and that you would share it with a friend. But let's now open our hearts and God's Word. Amen. What a blessing this morning. Uh, What a great way to stir our hearts and prepare us as we meet with the Lord today. And I invite you to the book of Ruth. Now this morning, uh, no doubt, uh, we each in our families have different traditions. Some of us, we buy gifts for our mothers or the, our wives, and, and we try to make it a special day for her. Maybe you make breakfast or a big fancy lunch. And uh, I remember over the years, we've done different things for my wife and even for my mother. And, uh, but I was reminded this week of a story of a child, two young children, a four-year-old and a six-year-old, and they wanted to give their mom a gift. And so they brought her a house plant. And it was a simple little houseplant, a little, little dopey on the side, not very, not very fancy or anything or frilly. And, and they brought it to her and they said, well, mom, this is not what we wanted to get, but we bought this with our own money and we wanted you to have a gift from us. And of course, mothers are thrilled whenever a child does something like that. I could do that for my wife and she'd say, what is that? Uh, but her child could do that and she'd be, oh, this is wonderful. This is just marvelous. This is so fantastic. And one of them looked at her mom and said, listen, we really wanted you to, to have this other flower that we saw. It was a beautiful bouquet and it's just, just a beautiful arrangement. And it had a ribbon on it that said, rest in peace. <laughs> and they said, we thought of you because you're always just saying, if I just had a little bit of peace and quiet. Listen, moms know the challenges of what it is to be a mom. Far better than any preacher could ever share with you. This week I was excited to be able to go down and see Jacob Mitchell for his graduation. And while I was there, I held little Warren for the first time and this little two-week-old baby in in my hands. And I'm just, you know, it's been a few years since I've had a little one. And this is a little bitty guy, and he's about uh, eight and a half pounds or so, and I'm holding this little thing, and, and next thing I know, it starts crying. So you know what a good pastor does at that point? He consoles it and tries to help it. You know what I did? I gave it back to the parent. Yeah, that's right. Listen, I'm a little bit rusty when it comes to them little ones, but man, it was just precious to see uh, how that uh, immediately when he was back in the arms of a parent, how instantly that parent could con- just con- console and bring comfort to a child. See, moms, you don't have an option to be able to just give away the baby when it starts crying, do you? You don't have the option to be able to say, well, listen, someone else will take care of it. It's a 24-7, often unappreciated job. And today we want to say thank you. Many of you have sacrificed your career. You've sacrificed your ability uh, at so many different areas to be able to stay home and help your children mature and grow in Christ. Listen, as we, as we think about this, there's a lot of challenges that mamas face. 
You know, we think about, this is from a, an author that I, I read about this week, and, and she was talking about the challenges of motherhood, and she said a lot of mothers deal with this issue of low self-esteem, and they deal with this issue of just feeling insecure in who they are. They get stuck in this monotony of life and loneliness, and they can feel overwhelmed at times, and sometimes it's stress of too many demands. You've got a crying baby, and there's not enough diapers, and, and you've got the house to clean, and people to entertain, and all of these things, and, and sometimes that creates a stress in the marital relation where there's a lack of of time with her husband and there's a confusion about how we're supposed to discipline at the right time and uh, the home at- atmosphere some, can sometimes seem chaotic and you, you just uh, there's there's everything that goes on inside of a mother's heart and her mind and and it, at times it can feel overwhelming listen there's so many things that moms have to deal with in this world and yet then we turn on the news and we watch what's going on in the news and I think man what in the world Lord are you are my children going to grow up to but then I come back to this place And I'm reminded that God knows. You know, your husband may be ignorant. You know, your pastor may not know everything that's going on in your life. But this is what I do know is that God knows. And the best part is, is that God not only knows, but he cares for you. And I'll remind you of a couple of thoughts here today as we just begin in this introduction into Ruth. And uh, one of them, think about the thoughts that God has about this virtuous woman. In Proverbs chapter 31 and verse number 10, he asks this question, or actually it's Solomon's mom, Bathsheba, is writing this to her son and trying to encourage him. And he says, who can find a virtuous woman? For her price is far above rubies. Your life is something that's valuable. And God says this, he says, listen, far valuable, more valuable than any riches in the world is the life of a godly mother. He sees her life, he sees your investment, and he sees these as indispensable. And as we consider the challenges you face, I'm reminded that God says in 1 Peter 5, 7, casting your care upon him for he careth for you. He knows what you're going through. He knows the heartaches. He knows the joys as well. He knows everything. But listen, it's not just everyone else that he cares for. He cares for the mother. He, works for, he cares for that overworked, overworried mom. And he says this in Matthew 20, 11, 28, Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. You see, this is the wonderful, glorious good news. In those nights that seem so long that they're never going to end, in those days that the kids are bouncing off the walls, I'm reminded that God cares for you. And so as I prayed about a message for today, and I thought about all the things that moms deal with, I couldn't help but think of one person in the Bible that maybe was a little bit out of characteristic for for mother, and that's Ruth. And the reason I think of Ruth in the, the line of a mother is because of chapter 4. And we'll get to there at the end. But in, in chapter number 1, we don't see her as a mother. We see her as Ruth the Moabitess. We see her as Ruth the woman that uh, was an outcast in Israel. And yet she became one that God used even to be part of the genealogy of Jesus Christ. You see, her life that maybe some people would snub and her life that some people would uh, walk away from, God looked at Ruth's life and said, listen, this is a woman in whom I am well pleased. And he used her life in a great way. You see, this story of Ruth is a final example of God's care for you, your God's care for your family in all of this. And so because of the nature of the message, we're going to be in the book of Ruth in multiple places. But I want you to look in Ruth chapter 2 and verse number 12. As I read through the book of Ruth, I would say that this is probably the closest thing to a theme verse for what Ruth encapsulates here. And Ruth chapter 2 and verse number 12. He says, the Lord recompense thy work and a full reward be given thee of the Lord God of Israel, under whose wings thou art come to trust. Let's pray.
Father, we thank you for your goodness. And Lord, as we just open with this idea that, Lord, we can trust in you. Lord, we can rest in you. We can find peace in you because you are like that mother hen. Lord, you watch over us with your wings of protection. We thank you, Lord, for the mothers that you have given us. We thank you for uh, the, the, the glory of motherhood. Lord, something this world has cast off as something that's wicked and vile. But God, we cherish it, Lord, because it's a gift from you. We thank you, Lord. May you be an encouragement and a blessing to each of our families here today through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. As we come to the book of Ruth, I want to create just a quick outline for you. If you were to take the four chapters, you could take four main headings, if you will. And chapter one would be a chapter of weeping. And we could see the sorrows of Naomi as she cries out and, and her bitterness and anguish. And we can see as she lost her husband and her two sons. And we can see uh, as she leaves Moab and heads back to Israel. And, and just the, the immense sorrow. She even said, listen, I don't longer want to be called Naomi, which is a blessing. But instead, I want to be called Mara, which is bitter. Uh, and she was very, full, very much full of bitterness. But in the midst of that, that chapter of weeping, there is also Ruth's declaration of determination to follow the Lord and follow Naomi. And it's a tremendous thing we'll get to in just a moment. Chapter 2, you could uh, put a, a heading over it if you would just call it working. So we went from weeping, now we're going to see Ruth working. And so you see her just going out and being diligent and serving. And so many times I look at the mother and I look at my wife and I see how that, that mother would oftentimes be up early and stay up late and there's things that she's doing and, and oftentimes things I never even think about. My wife is in the other room preparing and getting things ready. I never think about food. Can I get another man in there like that? I don't think about food until I sit down at the table. And, and I can't tell you that's because of anything other than my wife just simply cares. And she's constantly working. I guarantee if she missed a meal, I would think a lot about food. Chapter 3, you could title it as waiting. They're waiting for God to answer. And there's so many times as a mother, you could, you could say that, listen, I'm waiting on God's fulfillment of His promises. I'm waiting for the promise of Proverbs 22, verse 6, where we have trained up a child in the way it should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. We're waiting for God to fulfill that promise. And we're praying and we're seeking God. And I just want to encourage you, mom, if you're in a stage of waiting, to continue to trust in the Lord. Then there's chapter 4, and it ends with a great blessing. There's a wedding. Man, isn't our weddings neat this Saturday, this coming Saturday? We're going to have a wedding right here at Hillside Baptist Church with Abigail and Josh, Josiah that's going to come and be, uh, be married here uh, in a beautiful uh, picture of what Christ has done for the church. And so, man, what a wonderful, joyful time we have as we look at Ruth's life. So there's a couple of things I want to just kind of remind you of in Ruth chapter 1 and verse number 1. Look there with me in your Bible. We're going to see a couple of things that he helps us to understand the situation in which Ruth lives. And it's not unlike the situation we live today. And it says in verse number 1, Now it came to pass in the days when the judges ruled that there was a famine in the land, and a certain man of Bethlehem, Judah, went to sojourn in the country of Moab, he and his wife and his two sons. So here we have a little bit of background. And the very first thing we see is the timing in which this particular book occurred. And we see that this happened in the time of the judges. Now this was important because if you go back and you read just the previous book of the Bible, the book of Judges, you'll see a, a cyclical type of uh, events that happened. And there was a time where God would bless Israel and in the blessing you would see them become apathetic and cold toward the Lord and they would turn their hearts and their eyes toward the gods of the, the, the land, the gods of the Amorites and the Philistines and, and they would begin to worship these other gods 
Israelites. And as a result, God would raise up those that would persecute and oppress Israel. And they would uh, then suffer with famines and they would suffer with armies that would come in and invade like the Midianites and others. And we would see them going through that and they would cry out to God for some sort of help. And then as a response, God would raise up a judge who would come and deliver them out of uh, the bondages that they found themselves. And then uh, they would enjoy once again uh, God's blessing. And it began over and over and over and over again. We saw this cycle happen time and time again in the book of Judges. And this is the time in which Ruth was, was living. This was the time in which Naomi and Elimelech had led their family. And Elimelech made a choice that I believe was a very poor choice. And he said, listen, there's no bread here in Bethlehem. Now, you know what's ironic is the word Bethlehem means house of bread. But he said, there's no bread here in the house of bread. And so we're going to go down to Moab. We're going to go to another country. And this is important because it's not just another country. It was a country that was especially uh, uh, a place that God told them not to take wives or daughters out of this land. And we'll, we, if we have time, we'll go to that scripture in a moment. But we see that, that Elimelech then led his family away from where God wanted them into a land where God didn't design and desire for them. And, and as he went down there, listen, this choice had an effect on his children and his children's children. And I remind you that oftentimes we make choices without considering the Lord. And never once in the, in the context of this do we ever read, and Elimelech prayed and fasted and asked God for direction. All we saw was there was no bread, so Elimelech left Bethlehem and went down to Moab. It was a sad, sad testimony. Elimelech died while they were there. Then their two boys were married, and then they too died. Ten years, Naomi was in uh, this land of Moab. Ten years, there was three funerals that she went through. Three funerals and loss that she had suffered. And at the end of it, she, she grew bitter and cold. There are many lessons in the book of Ruth that we don't have time to explore today. But I will say that when these events arose, Elimelech and his wife Naomi left the land of Israel and went down to Moab Warren Wiersbe said this, when trouble comes to our lives, we can do one of three things. We can endure it, we can escape it, or we can enlist it. We in, we, if we only endure our trials, then trials become our master, and we have a tendency to become hard and bitter. If we try to escape our trials, then we will probably miss the purposes of God uh, in the trials. But if we try to enlist our trials, they will become servants instead of our masters, and they work for us. Romans chapter 8 and verse 28 says, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. You see, as we see this, we're reminded that God, even in this situation, was working in, in, uh, in Elimelech's life and Naomi's life, but instead of leaning into the Lord and trusting Him through all of this, they instead tried to escape, and they fa were faced with more and more problems. You see, because Elimelech didn't walk by faith, he walked by sight. And when we walk by faith, it glorifies God. We witness to a lost world and it builds our character in trusting in Him. Romans 1.17, For therein is the righteousness of God from faith to faith, as is written, the just shall live by faith. You see, God wants us sometimes uh, to walk through these times of, of scarcity so that we can know that He is enough. Remember, even the book of Psalms says, listen, I've seen, I've seen, uh, I've been old and I am young, and yet I've never seen the righteous begging bread. They could have trusted the Lord through this. 
But instead, what he did was he majored on the physical instead of on the spiritual. Sometimes we make decisions like this too, men. And let me just encourage you. Sometimes we make a decision based upon a job opportunity. And we say, well, listen, I, I got this great job opportunity. I'm going to be making uh, three times as much as what I'm making now, but we're going to have to move down to another uh, uh, area. And, and quite frankly, we think oftentimes with our pocketbook instead of thinking with the thing that really matters, and that's a spiritual. Is there a good local church you can get plugged into? Is there a place that preaches and teaches the truth? Is this a place where my family will be blessed by God? Or is it a place God wants, doesn't want me and my family? You see, the spiritual is way more valuable than the physical. It's natural for us to want to supply for our families. It's natural for us to uh, want to make sure that our families have what they want uh, and what they need. But we should never do it at the expense of losing the blessings of God. You see this example of Jesus in uh, Matthew chapter 4. He was led into the wilderness and, and while he was there for 40 days and 40 nights, he spent that time uh, fasting and in prayer. And in his physical weakness, Satan came to him and sought to tempt him. But we remember this, what God says in Acts 17, 28. For in him we live and move and have our being, as certain also of, you, uh, of our, your own poets have said, for we are also of his offspring. We see like the Apostle Paul in, in Acts chapter 20, verse 24. But none of these things move me, neither count, on my life, count I my life dear unto myself, so that I may finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of his grace. He says, listen, although things around me may, may seem insurmountable, Although they may crush me, although I may feel uh, just, uh, just the weight of all of this, I'm going to trust the Lord. You see, in times of difficulty, God calls us not to die to the situation, but to die to self. To put God's will first and trust that He'll lead us through it. Elimelech's name means, my God is King. Yet the Lord was not King in Elimelech's life as He made this decision Instead, his own will was king. The end result was Elimelech led his family down to Moab where his boys would marry Moabites. And, and, um, and we see this in the scripture, Nehemiah chapter 13, 1 through 3, that God had expressly forbidden them to marry Moabites. He says, on the day that they read the book of Moses in the audience of the people, and, therein was, uh, and was found written therein that the Ammonite and the Moabite should not come into the congregation of God forever. Because they met not the children of Israel with bread and with water, but hired Balaam against them that he should curse them. Howbeit our God turned the curse into a blessing. Now it came to pass when they heard the law that they separated from Israel all the mixed multitude. You see, in this passage, we see God said that this is not an area he wanted his people to dwell. Numbers 25 also gives a history that was uh, where the Moabites, women in Moses' day, had uh, seduced and drawn away uh, other Jewish men into immorality and idolatry, and 24,000 people died. But this family chose to leave the blessings of God and go down into Moab. And in that time, there were three graves planted and three new widows. This is the situation that Ruth was in. And in every situation, we have opportunities in how we're going to respond. And in this situation, we see even though things were terrible, even though that she had buried a husband, even though now, even as Naomi looks at her, she is telling her, listen, it's time for you to go back to your people. I'm going to go uh, be with my people. You just stay here with your people. Even in the midst of all of these things, we see God's care for this mother. First off, let's look in verse number uh, six in, in Ruth chapter number one. 
We see first, the very first thing is this love that she has been blessed with. Verse number six, it says, Then she arose with her daughters-in-law that she might return from the country of Moab, for she had heard in the country of Moab how that the Lord had visited his people in giving them bread. And so the very first thing that we see here in the Bible is that uh, after the death of her husband, her sons, Naomi said, it's time to go home. She began to return, Orpah and Ruth, they followed after uh, Naomi, but Naomi's response in verse number eight, look here with me. And, uh, and the Lord grant you that ye may, uh, ye may find rest, each of you in the house of her husband. Uh, and then she kissed them and they lifted up their voice and wept. I'm sorry, verse number eight, I read verse nine. And Naomi said unto her two daughters-in-law, go return each to her mother's house. The Lord deal kindly with you as you have dealt with the dead and with me. So Naomi was very kind. She said, listen, thank you for uh, your devotion to my family, but now it's time for you to stay here. And so after a great urging, then Orpha did finally turn back and she decided, listen, I'm not going on with you. But instead of turning back, we see that Ruth chose to cling to Naomi. Look in verse number 14 with me. And, and she... Um, uh, let's see, in verse number 14. And she lay at his feet until morning, and she arose up before she could know another. Uh, oh, sorry, wrong chapter. Don't turn the page. I get you in trouble. Verse 14. And they lifted up their voice and wept again, and Orpah kissed her uh, mother-in-law, but Ruth clave unto her. Now, this is an important word, this word clave here, because it means to, to cleave or to adhere, especially firmly, and it's even as like you glue something together. You ever use super glue? My son and I love to uh, get in the shop and we like to work and especially turn pins or something. And, and one of the things that we use to seal pins is CA glue. Now, CA glue is a fancy term for, uh, for uh, super glue. A super glue, I, I learned from uh, my physics teacher in high school, was invented for morticians to glue skin together. Isn't that interesting? Guess what it does really, really well? It glues skin together. And so we're out there in the shop, we're working and we put that glue on the pin and so we can harden that, uh, that pin up so it doesn't absorb moisture. And the next thing you know, you're like this. Um, help, I can't get them apart. And your fingers are stuck together. Listen, that's what that word clave means. It means she clung to her and she, I, in my mind's eye, I just picture her at the feet of Naomi saying, I'm not gonna leave you. I'm never gonna depart from you. I don't care where you go. I'm going beside you. I'm gonna cleave to you with all my heart because I believe in the God you believe in. You see, she makes a bold declaration for, of love for Naomi, for her God, for her people. And although Orpha gave up, Ruth said, listen, I'm going to cleave. I'm going to stay right here with you. You see, her love for the Lord was enough to allow her to stay by Naomi's side, even though it meant leaving her mother and father. This conversation and the, the conversion of uh, Ruth is a beautiful picture of the love of God. Look at number 16, verse 16. And Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave thee, nor to return from following after thee. For whither thou goest, I will go, and where thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people, and thy God, my God. And where thou diest, will I die, and there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me, and more also, if aught but death parts thee and me. She had a tremendous love for her mother-in-law, but she had a great love for her God. 
Listen, this is a woman that was a Moabite. She would not be accepted in Israel. She would not be embraced by those. But instead she said, listen, I love the Lord with all my heart and I'm not turning back. The Bible says in Ephesians 2, 8, 9, for by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works lest any man should boast. You see, everything around her and everything in her was an obstacle for her to find Jesus, to find faith. And yet Ruth trusted the Lord God of Israel as a Moabite. She could have gone easily gone, grown up in a society that worshiped false gods. Matter of fact, one of the main gods in that land of Moab was the God of Chemosh. And Chemosh was a god that demanded a human sacrifice and encouraged immorality, which is a common theme in the false gods. And despite being raised in this lost family, she chose to trust the Lord. You see, when she was introduced to Jehovah, then she faced trying circumstances. First, she faced the father-in-law's death. Then her own husband and her brother-in-law all died. And, and it would be easy for her to look at Jehovah and say, if this is the way that he treats his people, I'm not following him. But instead what she said is, I will follow you. What a tremendous declaration of love here. Ruth simply chose to put her faith in the Lord. Ruth chose to follow after the Lord no matter what it would cost. And she said, Lord, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to follow you. And she was saying to Naomi, it doesn't matter where you die, I'm going to be planted right beside you. Titus chapter 3 and verse number 5. Let me remind you that we're just the same as Ruth. We're no different, we're no better. And the Bible says, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he hath saved us. Second, 1 Timothy 2, 4, who will have all men to be saved to come into the knowledge of truth. Her statement here was one of the most magnificent confessions found anywhere in scripture. She confessed her love for Naomi, but her faith in the true and living God. You see, her very first blessing. And let me encourage you, mothers. I, every situation is different in this room. We have single moms to, to moms who are married to moms who are widowed. And let me just tell you, every situation, God loves you. He's with you every step of the way. You see, Ruth, when she saw all that had gone on and transpired in her life, she didn't grow bitter like Naomi. Instead, she chose to trust the Lord. This morning, let me just encourage you. I'm out of time. I've got two more points, but you don't have that much time. I know y'all have lunch coming. And, but let me just encourage you. If you could just put your Bible away and just, just focus in real quick. There is no greater gift than the gift of God's love to you today. You see, it doesn't matter what you're going through. It doesn't matter what your background. It doesn't matter your circumstance. It doesn't matter those things because God has offered you a gift that is greater than anything else, and that's the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ. You see, it's not the, uh, something that happens just because we want it to or we wish it to. And we don't get to heaven just because I'm a good person or because I've come to church on Mother's Day or Easter or any of those things. You see, uh, the gift of eternal life comes because I've said, Lord, I'm a sinner. I'm in need of a Savior. I cannot save myself. And so I put my faith and my trust in the one who died for me. And his name is Jesus Christ. And in this picture in chapter number four, there's the kinsman redeemer. We didn't get to get to Boaz today. But let me just tell you that in the picture of the kinsman redeemer is the Lord Jesus Christ who comes in the flesh and he came in the flesh and he paid the price of what was needed to buy you back to himself. You see, sin had cost us a terrible price. Sin had cost us something that would be an eternal punishment in, in hell. The Bible says in Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. But Jesus stepped in the mix 
context of this, in the, myth, in the midst of this, God says, let me offer you a gift. And that is the gift of my son who died on the cross in your place. And if you will put your faith upon him today, let me remind you that he will be the one that sustains you. He will be the one that carries you through. He will be the one that helps you along the way. But more than any of that, let me tell you that Jesus Christ is the Savior of your life. You see, he's the one that wants to bring you out of darkness and into light. He wants to help you have a home in heaven. Thank you so much for joining us today. It is such a privilege to share God's word with you. If God has spoken to your heart because of the message, stop right now and respond to whatever it is God is asking of you. Don't wait another minute. You can pray right where you're at and ask God for his help. If this message has helped you in any way, we would love to hear from you. Let us know if you have any questions or we can help you with your decision. Jesus asked his disciples, Who do ye say that I am? And he offers the same question to you today. What would your answer be?